0: You're now listening to I See You, a podcast about being angry as fuck.
1: So, everybody
0: is struggling right
1: now, emotionally, psychologically. And it reminded me of so I think I've had a little bit of depression for a lot of my life. (laughs) I remember thinking that my bed was haunted, like there was a ghost that wanted me to stay in bed. There was a, like a, a, an entity that was forcing me to stay in bed and not want to do anything. It literally felt like there was some outside force that was trying to like, keep me down. And now I look back on that and I'm like, that was depression.
0: Well, I have always thought because I've always been such a hopeful and cheerful and the cup is half full person that I was not depressed. But um, I now, after our conversations together, am no longer in denial. I am a depressed person. Like, I, the fact that I don't want to shower or take care of myself, I will take That's care fine. of time. But I will take care of everyone else. I will pay everyone else's bills. I will make sure they go to the dentist. I will make sure that they go to the doctor. I will help them with all of the, their goals. I, you know, I will, you know, I'm interested in playing the bass. I'll buy you a bass. But Luna's hopes and dreams. No. No, that's not happening. No, you know, and it's not that I don't think I'm worthy. At least I don't on a conscious level believe that. But maybe on an unconscious level of years of having a Trump-supporting psychopath as a parent, um, maybe, you know, the constant beatdown worked. You know, maybe they won in some ways. And this not drinking thing... It's hard and it's, I'm doing it, but it's not fun. I want, no, I want to be like blindly having a great time.
1: And you know what? It seems like conservatives are blindly having a great time. And part of me is like, why do I have to know things?
0: Can we un- They're no. so happy? Oh my gosh, a new program brought to you by the United States of America. Uh, how to not know, and it's a course on not knowing. Step one vote Republican. There you go. Step two, deny
1: anything that you don't want to be true. Sounds great. Sounds fantastic. Step like three. if I ignore climate change, it'll just go away. Basically, science. That's like if I ignore the laundry that I didn't fold and put away. It'll fold and put away itself. So I'm going to tell you a fun anecdote from uh, Alex's voting experience. Um, he always dresses in flannel. He always like wears his work boots and like hillbillies himself up, so nobody bothers him. And he gets to work and his uh, cousin is wearing almost the exact same outfit. and his cousin was like, Oh no, one of us has to change. And Alex was like, Yeah, I always dress up like a dumb hick when I go vote. <laughs>
0: I was, like, assassinated. Oh, man. What? And so this is his everyday costume, the cousin. Yes, and I, it
1: is really appropriate to call it a costume because he's, like, the quintessential fake redneck. Like, he grew up in a really wealthy suburb. There's nothing hillbilly about this kid at all, but he tries so hard. It's...
0: But Why?
1: I've known this kid since he was 13 and he was such a good kid. So sweet, so kind, so caring. I don't know what went wrong because he's none of those things anymore. And it hurts me on a personal level because I've known him since he was 13. He was a good kid. And I want to believe that that good kid is still in there. And I just kind of think that when people have little to no life experience, it impacts their worldview and, because he never was able to forge his own identity. He's trying to cling on to this identity uh, that he is sort of grabbing willy-nilly because there's nothing authentic about his experience at all. Like, he has not lived life.
0: Well, That no, not being able to... Um... Like, we should be helping these people become more worldly, have better access to education, and maybe there needs to be, even within our own country, sort of like a foreign exchange program, where it's like the exchange program, where they can go live in a city and actually explore and get to know that, wow, these people aren't scary, all of those kind of things.
1: So it's funny that you mention living in a city, because I feel like people who hate the city indiscriminately... I've never lived in a city. I've never even visited a city. Or like never lived in a good city because I love being in the middle of nowhere and I do want to have a farm, but I want to be close to the city because there is nothing better than walking across the street and getting a damn good slice of pizza.
0: Yeah. At like
1: three in the morning.
0: My thing or like, you've probably never experienced great food before. I know we're going to get so many haters from this and that's fine. Well, no, they really need to eat food, like and not everything needs to be like made with soy or and every Republican, no offense to all of y'all that I know, eat everything out of a box, don't read. And these are educated people, somewhat educated people, who have degrees. And they only get their news resources from one place. I do believe, and it's something my sister said, that we need to bring back libel. We need to have, like, two resources, the back of every statement. We need to sue people who say things that are false because now, yeah. you know, this was illegal. I studied journalism. We weren't allowed to do this in a fucking high school paper. Why, you know, why is this allowed in our country? We need. I don't know. So many reforms. So many reforms after this.
1: I don't even know where to start at this point. But I think people who have no real sense of self are dangerous to themselves and others because they are so desperate to feel like they're someone and they belong somewhere that they'll go along with anything that gives them that feeling.
0: Well, I was thinking about um, why people have children. You know, this is a topic we've played around with before, but I actually wrote something down and it was just a thought I had this morning, but it was kind of like from the theory that people used to have kids um, because they were farmhands, you know, like sort of like modern day indentured servants. And I was kind of raised that way. You know, I was free labor to very inexpensive labor and I I did backbreaking labor. And that's kind of where the working class folk that raised me, I was lucky that they gave me the ticket of life. And for that, I owed them something. That was their idea of parenting. And so my question was, so parents, what is the purpose of having a child to you? Like, what is the reason, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm a parent. So my reasons were a little different than my parents, because I spoil the crap out of my kids. And I probably don't have them do enough, which is also... Uh, not a good direction to go
1: in. I don't know why a lot of people have kids now. um, And I think they don't know either. I think they just do it because that's what is expected of you. That's what people do. They go to school, get a degree, get a job, get married, procreate, and at some point have a mortgage and an SUV and nobody questions this. And because of that, people are miserable because they're not making choices. They're letting society make their choices for them. And they're just not living their lives. You're given, I don't know, 70, 90 years, maybe if you're lucky and people don't start living until after they retire. And that's
0: sad. And And at that point, you've probably eaten so horribly, been stressed out, drank wine, maybe smoked cigarettes, that your retirement years are spent going back and forth to a doctor's office, where you're now pouring more money into a system that was created for you to stay poor at every angle of your life. I mean, it's just.
1: Right. And it's just, I feel like the society we're living in is not created to let people thrive and i feel like the society we're living in is not sustainable long term and i think we're going to start to see that break down and that's going to be violent and terrible and painful and awful but hopefully after that there comes some good
0: well part of it i mean and we circle around some of the same ideas every now and then but i mean i know a lot of people for the past 10 years that are like getting off the grid and farming and like hey do you want to live with us we've got a community and i think that's beautiful but I mean, I also am a little shy about going into someone else's community. That's why we're going to start our own community. I mean, that's the only way it will really work for me because I really, I don't know. Like, I just, I love other people. I just don't want another dictator in my
1: life either. I wish I had a solution, but I need to build my credit score to the point where I can get the farm off the ground. I think the... And I've said this so many times in this podcast, the biggest problems we face is a lack of community.
0: Oh, totally. I remember someone asking me when I was like, I had to write a paper on this when I was 19. And that was a long time ago, like almost 25, 25 years ago. Holy crap, I'm old. So anyways, and they were like, what do you think we're, we're losing? And I said, our sense of community. I started seeing it unravel at that time. And because when I grew up and we've talked about this before, it was like, you know, running through fields, you knew your neighbors, you had, you know, other people taking care of your kids. You looked out for each other. There was a sense of community. If you needed something, your neighbor would give it to you. Now you don't even know your neighbor's name. And that's a loss. That's a loss for everybody.
1: And it's really interesting to me. Um, I've lived in like primarily rural area I've lived in a suburban area and I've lived in the city and I gotta tell you living in the cities where it's at. there is a much deeper and broader sense of community I have never felt unsafe in the city I have always felt like I could go to my neighbors and and they would help me and I would help them and uh, with the suburbs it kind of feels like your neighbors are judging you nice to your face but yeah but yeah they're like kind of like talking about you behind your their back and you know they'll help you but there's like a cost mm-hmm. there's not like a, a friendly community and I think it's because there's house a house a house a house a house and a house and in the city there's like Houses, apartments, businesses, cafes, places for people to mingle. There's parks, you know, and people are doing a lot more communicating. They're talking to each other, they're interacting with each other on a much higher level than people in the suburbs do, where they get in their car alone to go somewhere. I've had so many conversations with people just, you know, on my way walking somewhere you know, on the street, stop and have a an, a beautiful conversation with a complete and total stranger about like magic.
0: Yeah.
1: And you don't get that in a lot of places. And I, I do think you can find some awesome little small towns that have that kind of community vibe, but it doesn't happen in the suburbs. And they were designed that way.
0: Yeah, well, it's yeah because you're competing in competition with others like a bigger house. You're going to move from your giant house and a community and that's a starter home so that you can live in an even more giant house um, across the street. And you're always striving to have what your neighbor has and bigger and more until you die. And it's like it's a it's a race that you never win. And as far as as rural communities go,
1: there are definitely rural communities that have that like real deep sense of community. But there's also areas where like your neighbor will shoot your dog or kill your chickens or, you know, constantly let their animals wander into your yard and kill your animals
0: and they don't care about you. Yeah, I don't know. People, I used to always think people were good and people would help you. And I always had this like, because that's been my experience in life. Like I've always helped a lot of people and I feel like a lot of people have helped me. And now I look around and I just see so much anger. People are so mad. I think if I got shot in front of somebody tomorrow, people would just step over me and keep walking. Everyone's this
1: is a very interesting thing for you to say, because in, uh, what was it? I want to say sophomore or junior year of high school. I got severely dehydrated and I passed out in my English class while we were reading the Scarlet Letter. I remember very vividly having a dream about the Scarlet Letter from the point where I was holding my little notepad pass thing to my teacher to the point where I was on the ground. Someone must have caught me. I think my teacher caught me. I passed out and basically everyone uh, left the room and walked over me. Like I wasn't even there. That's so weird. And it was an extremely bizarre, but an extremely telling experience um, that these people do not give a flying fuck about me at all. And I remembered every single one of them from the rest of my high school experience. I remembered every single person who was in that class. And I didn't fucking trust them for the rest of my high school career. Now I couldn't even tell you what their names were because they're entirely unimportant to my life. But at the time, I just remember feeling like nobody has my back, except for maybe the teacher who caught me, who
0: literally had my back, but there was not. But see, that's stuff that's like missing from home. So people are like, yeah, Christianity, it's going to make the world better. I see a lot of churches and I see a lot of people who claim to be Christian and I think they'd fuck fuck you up, walk over you before they would ever help you. And I know that sounds like a real shitty thing to say. And I'm like, I pray for a lot of people. People may not know that about me. I'm a member of a lot of different organizations for people who pray because I do believe that consciousness and prayer work. But I oftentimes question the majority, like, what are we teaching our kids? Like you see someone that falls down, you help them pick, you pick that person up. You do the right thing in situations. I mean, you at least say something like, I
1: hope you're okay. Or, you know, how are do you want me to stay with you? Do you want me to call someone for you? Like, do you need help to your next class? Like I see someone who's like upset or crying. I always ask them if they're okay. If they need anything, if I can help.
0: See, I do that too, and my kids sometimes will be like, "Mom, you're always trying to help everybody. It's annoying." And I'm like, "Okay, is this something that's wrong? Like with my like, I hope that in their lives they're doing these things, and I think they are because I hear back from other parents where it's like, it was really impressive the way your son, you know, did this, and my son was bullied, but your son stood up for for him." And I'm like, "Ah, yes, I'm doing something right." Or you know, but what are all these parents out here doing? Are you like, yeah, well, everyone's out to get you. So fuck them first. Like that's. I don't know. I don't know
1: because I I only have the experience I had with my own parents. And that was basically like help other people treat other people the way you want to be treated. And if someone hits you, you hit them back. (laughs)
0: Now I, I had that upbringing too. If someone hits you, you, you stand up for yourself and you hit them back. Yeah. Don't start it, but you can finish it. Exactly. And know how to take care of yourself. But I don't know that my parents ever were like, hey, look out for other people. But I did. I mean, I was raised in the church and I remember like Jesus was like that. So I was
1: yeah. Oh, well, Jesus. Most religions have a very similar don't harm anyone rule, like take care of other people, don't do any harm. Yeah. It's not a hard concept.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, and I mean, I would like, I kind of understand where a lot of these Christian folks are coming from, where they're like, we need God in people's lives and we need, you know, people to believe in something so that they're good people. And I understand that. But I have not met too many great Christians, to be perfectly honest. And I know that sounds really shitty, but like I know a lot of people who go to Sunday and they pray and then they will be leaving the church and cussing sometimes. cutting you off, flipping you off. Yeah. Yeah. So not living
1: by they've been they want the points to go to church and get and score points for the afterlife, but they don't actually want to be a good person. That's too much work.
0: But I mean are you stupid? Like by the way, you can't trick a higher being. Like they're not as dumb as you are. <laughs> like I mean like if you give enough money, you will go to a better place. And that's kind of the way the US has set up things though. It's like if you, you know, make enough money, then you're a good person. If you give enough money, then you're a good person. So maybe if you Give enough money that a church, it'll wipe away all those ugly things that you do. Well, there's some
1: really dark intention behind a lot of charity. And that's basically like, I am so smart. I have money because I'm better than you. And because I'm so smart and I'm better than you, I'm going to give you this money because only I can help you. And only I know who's truly worthy of my charity. Where I just think the government should take care of its citizens. Not a hard concept. You want to give to charity? It's called taxes. Right. I don't know what to do anymore. You know, I'm just like, oh, well, be there, show up like for the yeah, people in my you lives You know, it, while they need me. And then I need to start taking care of myself because I haven't been and I need to.
0: I think we need to make a pact. What are some simple things that we can do and our listeners can do to take care of themselves? So I have been stretching every day, and that
1: does give me like fifteen to twenty minutes of mental peace.
0: So yoga, stretching,
1: yoga, stretching, breathing. Open your mouth and unclench your jaw.
0: I've had to do that, like go up every now and then. Uh, I started making my bed, like you said last time. It does. Make- it does help. It's the
1: little things that give you some semblance of a routine you need to shower at least once a week twice a week if you can force yourself to do it you need to i don't know like get out of your pajamas if you can i'm still in my pajamas right now so i, I can't really see i wore a pair of pajama pants to the store yesterday uh not yesterday a couple of days ago i had a funeral And I was wearing um, black slacks for most of the day and it was cold and I was miserable. And so I took off my black slacks and I put on these fuzzy penguin pants that I then proceeded to wear for the rest of the day because I ran entirely
0: out of fucks. Well, fucks are gone. The fucks are gone.
1: I got to tell you, learning about executive dysfunction changed my
0: life. I'm telling you, you changed my life. I mean, in a million ways, did you change my life?
1: I did. That's how my life started, actually.
0: (laughs) Yes. Sorry. People people have not caught on to that one yet. But I've never understood why I couldn't, like, sometimes I would drive somewhere and I couldn't get out of the car. Or I'd want to do something so badly, but I just couldn't, like, do it. Force
1: yourself. It almost feels like... You're not paralyzed because you can move your arms and legs, but you can't really.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to do some research into this and I am going to start therapy. And I really want to know like brain tricks. Yeah. Trick your brain into doing like, I literally had to psych myself out. I know this sounds stupid to mow my lawn. Okay. No,
1: that doesn't sound stupid. I
0: have to mow my lawn. It looks so bad. And yes, I can tell myself, I don't care. I like having a long lawn. It's better for the grass, all these things. But then it does get to a point where it's like, your lawn, like, so bad. Everybody else in the neighborhood should complain, but my neighbors don't give two shits. So, but now I'm so happy that I actually completed a task that I really, 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 really wanted to do. And now I'm living in a house full of tasks because it is falling. It's an old falling apart house that I bought that we're restoring and there are things around me that constantly fuck with my head because they're not done that I want to get them done but I never know where to start because I have a hard time starting. I don't I know think
1: how- you need one room in the house that doesn't give you anxiety and that has to be the place that you go when you feel like you're overwhelmed.
0: I do. I do have that room. I have two rooms.
1: One thing that I have been able to do It doesn't work every time, but every once in a while, um, if I feel a wave of depression coming on, I will get mad at it and I will personify it and I will basically do as much as I can to spite the depression. I will be like, fuck you. I'm going to (laughs) floss. Take that bitch. (laughs) You want me to lie in bed today? Well, fuck you. I'm going to the bakery.
0: (laughs) I just see this as like, like an action movie, like depression's coming. You're like Bruce, whatever, in whatever, three. My hard
1: depression.
0: (laughs) We got to bring the guns back.
1: We do. We do. Okay. So that's funny because there was something about depression that I recently saved that was somehow related to this. Fuck, I'm just gonna have to like scroll through this as we talk and hopefully find it. This is uh, an interesting uh, thing that I just pulled up. It's a tweet um, from @ethela. I do not plan to teach my children to always be the better person. I plan to teach them to never let evil win. Sometimes that's faith and good works. Sometimes that's rioting and burning. Adherence to civility and class as virtues is literally, literally how you get Nazis. Wow. It's true, though.
0: Yeah. Step one: repeat history. It's weird because if you just give people long enough time to forget history and then not be properly educated, like I had a really great education, I I would have to say, like even my, just my high school education was pretty above what most people probably received in their lives. Mm-hmm. I teachers, I learned about literature. It was very engaging. I, I know how to communicate, I know how to write, I learn in cursive, things the kids don't learn anymore. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's weird now to hear my children tell me things because they haven't been properly educated. It's my job to fill in the blanks. Those are some big blanks sometimes. I mean, we're all full of blanks. Oh, totally.
1: Okay, found it. Awesome. So excited for this. I'm not going to kill myself because if depression wants me dead that badly, it's going to have to start shutting down my fucking organs like a real disease instead of being a fucking bitch and hiding in my brain and trying to get me to do its dirty work for it. Depression, kill yourself. Me, kill me yourself, coward.
0: (laughs) I love that. That is fucking awesome. I wonder, though, and I've always wondered about this, like, is depression because we just have so much time on our hands? Have people always been depressed? Like when you're working. Well, have always been depressed. For like 15 hours a day. Did you even have the energy to be depressed? like you, were just yeah. like, you like, don't
1: have energy when you're depressed. Well, people, the feel. people who would like. Um, they would be like. Oh, yeah, your mom's sick. We don't know what's wrong with her. She's depressed. She's laying in bed and not moving for days at a time.
0: (laughs) That's what's wrong. Back then, the cure to that was alcohol. It was like, well, she feels better when she's drunk. And like the moms would hide the orange juice, you know, the vodka and the orange juice. That was how they got through the the day. That was Xanax. It's still, it's wine
1: and Xanax now. People are still self-medicating. And that's, if we want to bring it back to the earlier discussion about people who let life make choices for them. If you have to drink and take pills every day just to cope with your life,
0: something is wrong. Right. And I've wondered about that because I have friends who, who drink daily. I mean, I'm not trying to call anyone out. And I know some of their issues from their childhood trauma. And it's like, is that why you're doing this? Or does it become a habit where it's like, I don't know how to exist without this thing that makes me feel better. To tie it back
1: into community, they've done experiments uh, with rats. I'm sure you've heard of the experience. They had, they made like a rat land. They had two cages and the water was laced with heroin, um, regular water and then heroin water. And in the cage that had nothing in it, um, they would take the heroin and overdose. And in the cage where they had like wheels and and enrichment and other rats to play with. And they built like all these fun things for them to do. They would take very, very little, if no heroin at all, and none of them overdosed.
0: Well, and, and it's true. Like we've created this like world where we feel connected, but we're not connected. We're around people, but we're not around people. Like it's, it's kind of like when you go a long time without being around people, you forget how to communicate with those people. So even going to the grocery store, you're like, uh, this is weird. I'm talking to a human being. It's been weeks. That's how the whole world is. I mean, and and now it's uncomfortable to be in community When that is what actually will solve a lot of our issues. Except
1: the spread of coronavirus. (laughs) Yes. That's such a sadistic layer to this. Because it's like, even if you want to be around people right now, it's unsafe to be around people right now. Yeah. And so people who were already struggling before this happened, like, got an extra blow dealt to them that now on top of everything else you were already dealing with there's a pandemic that has fundamentally changed the way you live your life
0: and it's not great and for someone like me who struggled for a while i hate working from home i absolutely fucking hate it i've worked from home for 10 years now everyone's like is it great because i can go grocery shopping when i want and i can drive my kids where they need to go and it's convenient for everyone else around me except me. I do not have a good routine. I do not take care of myself. It actually lends to depression. I used to have people I socialized with and went to lunch with and had conversations with and popped into their office and heard about their lives. And we would enrich and make each other laugh. I was like a little bit of a comedian at times in people's lives. I don't even remember how to fucking do anything funny now. Or even be that person anymore because it's, I'm out of practice. It's 10 years of isolation and it changes you. It absolutely changes the way your neurons fire, I'm convinced. Yeah. And it's made me a different fucking person and I don't like that fucking person. I should quit my job right now. I should tell them to suck a donkey stick. <laughs>
1: I knew you were going to go with a donkey. I thought it was going to be donkey balls but yeah. really it 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 is and I think for a lot of people um, working at home has given them a lot more free time and has given them a lot of freedom that they didn't previously had so I think for some people it's worked out really well but for other people it's just not great.
0: It's not great for me. I shouldn't complain though because I'm sure if I had to go into an office every day now that I have gone 10 years without it I would be like this is soul crushing and horrible. I have to to listen to other people's rules. I have to lunch at a certain yeah. time. You know, this is, this is inhumane. <laughs> like, I have to be on time. Like I just roll out of bed. I make my coffee and I start my day when I start my day. You know, I mean, people think that sounds great, but it can take a few hours to motivate me to just live. And I think that
1: um, I found something else in my phone. My phone is full of treasures and it says, yes, I got the job. Now I can avoid homelessness and afford to put one extra meal in my stomach during the half hour lunch break I get throughout my eight hour work shift. That takes up literally a third of my waking day, the other two thirds of which I exist in a constant state of existential dread. I get to choose between resting my body or doing things I enjoy on my two days off. I love feeling like my only value to society is based on the work I put out, while watching the top 1% earn hundreds of billions of dollars during a global pandemic. I should be grateful I'm making minimum wage and being unfairly exploited for my
0: labor. Well, and I think we so heavily feel that now and people are just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to yeah. work.
1: And so we're going to see some some social strife, maybe even some strikes. A general strike would be awesome for better working conditions. I mean, that's how we got this, the uh, the five day work week and the 40 hour work week and weekends, all of that. And that was a half measure and it's time to go further now because we are automating so many jobs, less people have to do more. So instead we should be working on building a society where people don't feel like they have to go to a shitty menial job just to survive we want to build a society where people are thriving and doing things they love and creating and innovating and
0: exploring and so i have said to my building building job i said you know the amount of work i actually do could fill up about two and a half days like honestly the amount of fucking off i do and like i don't want to do this no you have to do this i don't want to do this you have to do this That kind of stuff goes on for like hours upon hours. So if I knew that I only had to work two and a half, three uh, uh, days a week, I would get just as much work done, get paid the same amount of money, if not more. And then I would be encouraged to do things that I love and therefore be happier when I return to work and therefore not feel like a rat in a cage.
1: But they have done studies that say people do the exact
0: same amount of work in six hours than they do in eight I would say it's probably three. I honestly think, and I get a lot of work done. I make a shit ton of money for the people I work for. You know how many hours a day I actually think I spend working? Maybe three. I'm not even kidding. (sighs) I spend a lot of time like dreading and not wanting to and having it sitting in front of me and staring into space and like writing little notes and talking and texting and Instagramming and doing dumb shit all day long instead of things that I enjoy to avoid doing the one thing that I absolutely do not enjoy anymore at all. God, I need and
1: that I think is the problem is that people are living these lives that they hate that they want to escape, they're doing a job, not because they want to do the job, but because they want a paycheck. And that's just not a good enough reason.
0: Well, and the other thing is, is uh, the thing that really has demotivated me, if my work is happen to listen to this, which, you know, have a seat, folks. Every time I make money for this company, they change the rules so that I don't get paid as much as I should. But I'm still bringing in like really large numbers for them. And my compensation just moves around. It's like a lie. It's kind of like we do enough for you shut up and enjoy your job we know you fuck off on instagram and blah 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 be grateful that you can fuck off but the truth of the matter is if there was clear definitions on how i get paid and they were the same as everyone else i might not feel so much apathy right now towards these people
1: appreciate feeling appreciated And like I said, when I was working at my job, I didn't fucking hate it. It wasn't like liberating work. Like I wasn't breaking the sound barrier, but I had (laughs) hanging out with people I liked while I was like sending emails and answering calls and they went out of their way to make sure I felt appreciated. And honestly, like that will do a lot for people.
0: Oh yeah, that does. Feeling appreciated does a lot. Absolutely. And And being
1: properly compensated because... You may not love a job, but if it pays really well, you'll probably feel a little better about going there. Now, that I don't think that will last forever. I think it gets to a point where even the money isn't enough. uh, Your happiness is definitely more important than any amount of financial compensation. It's weird because it's like money doesn't buy happiness, but it does buy security. And for a lot of people, security is all that they want. But I feel like security should be a basic human right uh, everyone should feel like they have a house and food and health care and they don't shouldn't have to worry that if they get sick they will lose their health insurance and then won't be able to pay their medical bills and will then end up on the street like we have created a society where we've basically forced people into jobs that they don't want just so they can survive and nobody's thriving right now
0: nobody so. thrives in survival modes my daughter, other daughter showed me this thing and it's called survival versus creation. I haven't finished watching it, but she's basically telling me like, mom, you're this creative human being. You don't have to just keep it all together for everybody anymore. Like do the things that you want out of life. We'll all be okay. Okay. But I know the reality is somebody has to pay this $250 a month light bill and $1,000 grocery bill and $1,000 mortgage and all those things are in my head. And it makes it very difficult to want to be a creative person, which I fucking am, versus someone who's surviving and trying to keep other people alive. It's hard because that level of stress really
1: prevents any effective creative flow. I have been working on a novel for about five years. Yeah, since 2015 been working on it for five years and there's holes that I need to fill it's almost finished but sometimes when I and I have the time to work on it but I am not in a mental space where I can motivate myself to get to it and even when I can it's like the creativity is not
0: there yeah I like get it. it's
1: it, it comes to me at the most inappropriate moments like when I'm trying to sleep <laughs>
0: entire day shower
1: or driving
0: people money listening to children complain and spouses complain and stressing over bills by the time your day's over you're exhausted you have no space or room for yourself or for the ability to create anything and then what is your life your life is just constantly living for others and trying to fucking just stay alive and that's shitty and i think that's why so shitty lately because that's kind of where my life is at I know I shouldn't admit to that but and then there's whimsical ideas that I have where I just sell everything and I live very simply and I don't need a car and I don't need a house and I don't need because I don't need much I'm not one of those people that needs a lot I have a house because I don't want my kids to be embarrassed that their mom is living in a tent I like you know like I have a decent car because of the same thing like i'm i'm admitting to like my own like succumbing to the joneses and living up to other people's standards when frankly i could give two fucks what anyone else is doing or or what anyone thinks of me and eventually <laughs> I get to that point too because My daughter, who's now 18, who used to have the same thing where it was like, oh, I don't have my clothes from Pakistan, is now like going to the Salvation Army. And I should buy things secondhand so that it's more environmental. It's true. And now understand why my mom wants to live without debt. And simply because then you're just playing the game. And it's not a fun game. You're not going to win the game. The game will make you tired. And kill yourself. And so when you're saying like basic needs should be met, I think nobody should pay for fucking lights. I'm sorry. I pay so many taxes. Why am I paying a light bill and a water bill? These are basic essential human rights. Yeah. I should not have to pay for basic essential human rights. No, you shouldn't have to
1: pay for essential services. If they'll kick you out of your house or take your kids, if you don't have running water, then running water is a right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But tell
1: that you'll freeze to death if you're um if you don't have electricity because your heater is electric, then your electricity is a right. Similarly, you live in a very hot climate and you'll die without air conditioning. Well, guess what? That should be a right.
0: Yeah. People don't see it that way. And that's why so many people are living below the poverty line. People are like, oh, poor people are lazy. I met a woman living in public housing, working three part-time jobs, trying to feed her family and just keep the lights on. And she probably works like 80, 90 hours a week. Yeah. And that's just for basic human survival. And how do you get out of that? How do you make anything else happen when you're working three part-time jobs? You can't. And and when, when does the depression become so hard for you to just like even function after that I
1: don't know I don't have the answers all I know is that it's fucking hard to survive anywhere these days in this country
0: I just want to be doing more and what is there's always more work to do
1: I just don't know yeah what the next logical step is I
0: don't either it's just some simple, good old-fashioned prayers to the universe.
1: I uh, I think about the word prayer very much differently than most people do. They're like, put your hands together, bow your head, and think happy thoughts to your Lord. And that's not what my definition of prayer is.
0: Mine isn't. Mine is like, you know, chanting and visualizing and also trying to tap into a current that runs through everything that is living, including animal Currents.
1: I have like a direct line on a current on the west coast. I can feel that. It's it's almost like I can see it in my mind's eye and it's so solid and strong and real. I don't know. I just I wish other people could experience
0: it so that I sound less crazy. That's what experiencing God is because it's tapping into your frequency, the frequency that you match. And if everyone lived in their magic and in that frequency, then the world would be an uplifted place. I mean, it's just how a lot of people are trapped
1: in places where they can't connect to that point and they're where they're trapped in jobs that keep them spiritually silent. You're too stressed to connect. Wow. Like, How do we get people into their places? How do we get people so that they feel free to move and try different things and go different places and experience life?
0: I don't know. I think they everyone have, have financial security yeah. to do that. I think everyone should quit their job today. And I don't know what else they should do after they quit their job. It's just really
1: hard to quit a job because there's so few paths to employment, especially if you don't have a college degree. You're basically looking at joining the military um and that's like alex's cousin wanted to join the military and i think that would have been good for him he would have gotten uh, a real look at how the world works which he doesn't now and it would have given him a little independence from his family and let him kind of become his own person which he hasn't been able to do and so now he's just like who other people want him to be, basically. And that makes me sad. Because I think about the person other people wanted me to be. I'd rather be dead than be that person.
0: And who did they want you to be? I mean, I was put into Catholic
1: school. That didn't take. I'm not Christian. I don't believe in most of Christianity. I think Jesus was chill, but I don't think he was a magical son of God. Sorry, Christians. I just don't buy it. So not Christian. I not overtly feminine. I don't wear makeup 99.9% of the time. Every once in a while, it's fun to scare the shit out of people because I clean up real nice. So like, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that I don't feel like I need it. And every once in a while, it's, it's fun. But most of the time, I just don't care. So I'm not overtly feminine. I have absolutely zero interest in ever having kids, which most people want kids. And I have absolutely zero interest in dedicating my entire existence to another person. I am not a natural caregiver at all. And I think people would love it if I would stay in the state that I was born in. And quite frankly, I'd rather set myself on fire starting at the short hairs. Um... (laughs) Who I am is who I've always been and who I will always be. I love nature. I love big old growth forests. I love mountains. I love hiking. I love camping. I love backpacking. I love being dirty and jumping into lakes. I'm like a swamp monster. I want to farm. I don't want to have a typical career I want to have a piece of property and grow food and give back to the community. I don't want to be like the typical go to school, get married, have kids, get a mortgage, SUV. None of that is for me. And I think people get a little offended by that because that's what their lives look like. And by me rejecting that, it, it they take it as like a personal affront, and it has nothing to do with that. It's just that none of that stuff appeals to me. And if that bothers you, you might want to look at why it bothers you, because maybe you made a decision that you thought you wanted, but you didn't actually think about what you really wanted. And you're putting that on me.
0: I'm not putting that
1: on me. That, like, that's you.
0: Well, and ultimately, anybody's reaction to anything, I mean, even though we don't like to admit this... When we get upset about something, it has nothing to do with what the person said. Oh, no. It has everything to do with ourselves.
1: And I think it's super fascinating because you'll see people who are obvious liars. They lie all the time. They'll accuse you of lying. And you're like, oh no, honey,
0: I'm not lying. Okay. But this is what I've always said. If you hear someone talking about something a lot, like, I hate drama. I hate liars. Listen to them. They're telling you, I'm a liar. Yes. And I, I love know. drama. So, I mean, just listen to people. They will tell you everything you need to know about them. Because sure. most people are in denial of who they are. So it's, it's like. Very true. And I'm not, I try
1: not to be super loud about who I am because I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. Um, Although I do really enjoy making people uncomfortable in the right context, but I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable at their life choices because a lot of those are irreversible. And I don't ever want to make anyone feel bad about the life they've lived because what can you do about that?
0: Not much. I mean, but it's funny because none of us actually see ourselves... For who we really are. And this is kind of the name of the whole gamut here. But my other daughter was saying to me, you know, you've lived such an interesting life. You should write a memoir. I would love to read that memoir because she's read some of my notebooks laying around the house. She's like, You're such a good writer and it's so poetic and it's interesting. Like you've lived life. And I'm like, to me, it's so boring. I'm like, it's just my life. But to someone else. It hasn't always, you know, it's like has depth, it has characters, it has movement and travel and all the the great things that a good story has, you know, and hopefully not a tragic ending, but we'll see. Oh, God. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you might say, though, that it's within yourself and wherever you are, you will be happy. I don't necessarily believe that, though. Yeah, I don't
1: buy that. But- I'm happy when there are big beautiful old growth trees and as much as i would love to have the ability to sprout <laughs> giant dug firs wherever i go i don't have that ability
0: here could i grow like a giant like in my backyard but just like someday they're like oh luna kept this house and her family for 400 years and there's like a like a fucking sequoia
1: so, you know, I was actually thinking a little bit about what you just said about, you know, you should be able to take happiness wherever you go. And I love that idea. And I was able to do that while I was living in Oregon, because when I would come back to visit my parents, I would keep that like happiness inside of me. And it was able to sustain me because I knew I was eventually leaving. And it's it's funny because I look back on earlier memories I had, and I was definitely happier than I am now. And I think it's because I've tasted too much freedom. And once you've had something and you've had it taken away, you can't go back to the person you were before it happened. As much as you fight and scream and kick and, and, and yell, like I've tasted food that tastes much better than anything I can get here. And that in itself- Um,
0: even though I agree with you and I would much rather be on the West coast than the...
1: Bothers me so much that I can't get food that I really like. And even like some of the food that isn't disgusting, it has soy in it. So it's like, I can't even... Right. I, I It's not even an option. Like, I'm like, oh, that looks good on a menu. Oh, it's got soy in it. Oh, so fuck me, right? Basically. And it, it's like, I grew up always feeling like like a, a, a circle inside of a square. You know, like a round peg in a square hole. When you put a round peg in a square hole, it sort of fits, but it doesn't. Or you can get it in there, but it's not, it's not supposed to be in there. But basically I always felt like a little off, like things just weren't exactly right. And so, uh, there were a lot of things I didn't like. Strawberries, summertime, the ocean, which we've talked about. And I will talk about until I die. Um. <laughs> And then, and I've always had this like when I was eight years old, I don't know if I mentioned this. We had a neighbor who was from Belgium. She and her family had moved to the United States. And so they went a lot of national parks sightseeing. And she and her family came back and would talk all about it. And I remember being eight years old, sitting in the sandbox, maybe six. I think I was probably six years old sitting in the sandbox. And she said something about how beautiful it was. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to move west when I'm older. And I just had absolutely no life experience to make that like broad claim. But like six years old, I was like, yes, I'm moving west when I'm old enough, probably as soon as I turn 18. And because she was talking about like Yellowstone, and I was like, probably further than that, probably further west than that. And I just always had this like gut feeling, this instinct, this drive that uh, Alex finds fascinating because he's like, I wonder if we were to like build a new island off the coast if people would flock to it because there does seem to be like some people have this drive to move west and I have always had it I don't
0: know why I mean I did I left when I was uh, 18 and went west and I loved it and I wanted to go To Oregon, it was like a, like an, it was an insane drive for a while. Like I was like, I'm going to move there. I'm going to move there. And then certain things happened that made me not want to move there anymore because other people moved there, but it shouldn't have discouraged me. It shouldn't have. There were other things happening and I was settling, which is not a good look for me. No. So every time I go back, which is I mean, I I try to get back west at least once to many times a year. And uh, it it just reminds me all the pieces click into
1: place. And suddenly things make sense. And it's like I never liked biscuits cuz they always tasted like flour and not much else. And then I tried pine seed biscuits at the farmers market and they tasted like I always imagined they would. Same with the strawberries. Same with summertime. Same with wintertime. Same with the coast. Like everything that I thought I didn't like. I really
0: did in not a specific here. context. I, I don't believe it's hard I was be able, me. able let's do it let's find something that will because we already know okay so like the astro cartography is really cool because it'll say based on your astrology these are the places where you are gonna thrive and be most magical i gotta google this it's pretty fucking cool and you already know because you've been there but maybe there's other places too maybe it's like there are south of france or iceland or greenland or whatever but i i would i really want to find out where my places are and like i know out west is one of them
1: it's just so weird i remember the feeling the first time i was in oregon and i remember so vividly driving down i-5 and like there was a curve in the road and the sun hit the mountains and i was like oh fuck this is it yeah yeah And I remember when I was getting ready to leave, I was on the coast and I felt just this intense wave of sadness. And I was with people who I had just met and I didn't want to be a weirdo and just start bawling my eyes out (laughs) and not be able to explain why. So instead, I uh, gathered up my, my courage and I started picking up driftwood and I put it it in a circle and i and uh someone took a picture of me doing this
0: oh i remember that
1: and uh i put it in a circle and as soon as i had finished the circle the wind picked up in this just ethereal magical way and blew my hair back and just like made me feel like i would be okay and then when i got to the airport i began a tradition of crying at pdx Every time I am leaving PDX, I, you will find me in the airport just weeping
0: <laughs> uncontrollably.
1: I'm the kind of person, I don't cry a lot. I don't like to cry in front of people. I think my mom kind of put that in me because I know crying is good and it's not shameful, but I still have trouble crying in front of people. But every time I'm in the Portland airport and I'm leaving, I am crying every time.
0: I've had that experience when I left out West and I literally was trying to get back so many times until I just completely like gave up, I guess you could say. I mean, it's not like it's over, but it ended for a little bit of time and I would cry and I would like paint my favorite scenery. It was like Highway 1, there was this bend and it was big fur and it was like, you know, I I'd never smelled or seen or touched anything and and every time I was there it was like magic happened like yes things always happened to me nothing bad ever really ever happened to me like it was strange the magic the magic is there I almost want to not even broadcast this because I don't want other people to be like oh it's magical I want to go but everyone that goes everyone that goes they're either like oh my god this is magic and then they end up moving there Which is why there's so many people on the West Coast. Where they
1: can't tap into the magic, they don't feel it, and then they go away. Which is fine, because there's already so many people living on the coast. It's expensive. So (laughs) anyone who listens to this podcast, we already know, is a pretty chill, awesome person. So we can talk about the magic here. And it's true. And uh, someone who was with me kind of remarked on that. I, in Oregon, have this weird ability to just manifest shit. And things will happen in like a specific way so that like the best experience possible will happen. It'll be like, that road is closed. So we'll turn here and go around the corner and there's like a farm stand selling berries. And then we'll go around another corner and there's like an overlook that takes your breath away.
0: Happen to go through a farmer's market and an amazing cellist is playing beautiful. Do you know, I saw that cellist four times after we saw him at the
1: farmer's market. i saw him um at the grocery store by my work i saw him uh by my apartment i saw him at a park uh two different parks i think wow yeah i saw him all over the place i was like oh my god dude all the time that beautiful cello music is just following me (laughs) And magical shit would happen all the time. And you can't go from living a magical life to one devoid of magic and maintain that level of happiness.
0: I'm sorry, but you can't. It's true. But it's funny because it's like, you know, though, because I always knew when I was younger and I and I knew nobody who lived in California or out West. And I was like, I'm moving out West. And everyone's like, why? You know, nobody out there. You have no reason to go there. You and just I have like, that feeling. I had like, it was like an insatiable yearning to go there. And it wasn't that I wanted to be near Hollywood. I went to Northern California. There was nothing that like anyone ever said to me. I never met somebody from there. It was like, I have to go. And then when I went, it was a series of magical moments and, and years of my life. And then I always would think of that like, wow, remember the magical things that happened there. And my life hasn't been as magical. I mean, there've been moments of magic, but it's not like every hour of every day.
1: And it was just the best, most intimate type of magic. Like you could feel that within yourself and without yourself, like you were connected to something bigger than yourself. Like It was a religious experience for me to be a part of that, to feel those energies. And I can feel it in different areas. They have their own energies. And it's like, my energy doesn't mix with those areas energy, but I like have respect for those areas. Like the Appalachian mountains are beautiful, mysterious, haunted, like they're so tons old, of
0: energy. ancient,
1: all- mysterious, that energy. And I are like, uh, two different voltages, two different types. Of I mix. I can't tap into it. Other people can. I'm not one of those people.
0: I don't think I'm one of those people either. I've been is,
1: I can appreciate it, but I can't be a part of it. And it's really interesting because I feel like I was becoming the best version of myself. I was happy. I was working a job with people I really loved who took care of me when I was sick I uh I was about to ship my pants. I called work and I was taking a bus in and I called them and I was like, I am literally about to ship my pants. Can someone please pick me up so I don't have to ship my pants? <laughs> no questions, no embarrassment. Someone just came and got me. I ran into the bathroom. I was in the bathroom for such a long time. <laughs> One of my managers came in and was like, Sweetie, you don't have to be here. And I'm like, you don't understand. I'm not gonna make it home. And they're like, We will drive you home. <laughs> and it was just like they would buy me pizza, really expensive pizza, all the time. They would just, they took care of me. I got raises. I had health insurance. It was like the first time in my life I had a job that I didn't re- like. have to struggle to get out of bed in the morning to go to. And I had a life that I really enjoyed, I had weekends and holidays and paid time off where I could explore and go places, eat things that tasted awesome and see all these beautiful, beautiful places. And I really felt like I was becoming the best version of myself, the person I always wanted to be. And sure, you know, you can, you know, if you, you, you don't have those experiences, you can probably maintain the same level of happiness no matter where you go. But I had such transformative experiences that I don't know how to live without that magic. It, it's like I'm hollow. That magic is missing. And I do feel like a lot of places have their own magic
0: I mean, I do, agree it's not my magic. It's not your magic. And I actually have been studying magic lately. It's so funny. I'm listening to a pod, not a podcast, but a book about a guy who was in prison. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. I think his name is Damian Eccles. Uh, I might be saying it wrong, but anyways, I really believe magic is real and it's different for every person and it's very personal, but I do feel like there are certain places where you, um, you can connect to the source more. Yeah. And I haven't been near my source in a while. And in a way I feel like, uh, like I'm dead. And I know that sounds horrible, but lately I've been seeing a lot of dead animals, like beautiful animals. And I feel like a sign. I've seen, bad, i saw like, a dead bird a, dead,
1: uh, a, lot so of, a
0: lot of dead deer i've seen a shit ton of dead deer i saw two dead birds and i saw a dead bear oh never seen a dead bear in my whole life i thought it was a human being on the side of the road bear is one of my spirit animals they come into my yard all the time they have not come to me this year at all and the only one that came to me was dead oh my I do believe the animals are very close to the spirit world and in a way their intuition is so much greater because they don't speak our selfishness, our consumerism or any of those things. So they're really in tune with uh, like all the other powers on the planet and we we just overlook them. But they're always trying to give us messages and lately all my messages are death. And I don't know if that's because I'm about to have a rebirth or if I'm about to fucking leave the planet. Please don't or die. I might die. I don't know. Like, you it's die. possible, but like, and so it's made me question a lot of things. But the other thing it's made me question is like, maybe I'm not supposed to be here anymore on this land that I'm on right now. Yeah. Not on the planet. I do think I still have stuff to do, but I don't know. Like, it's a weird time. And I don't know if, like, what spirit world is trying to tell me but everything is death right now and it's so it's gonna... funny you say
1: that because uh as I've said probably three or four times now I'll, there are tons of sources of magic and they are not always place based but there is definitely place-based magic and like the bad lands had a deep spiritual energy and there's places that just have that deep intense energy and where I'm at is what I call a godless place which is funny because most people are Christian and they would call me godless, but um, there are no gods here. Like whatever gods might have lived in the forest, the forests have been felled and there are no corn gods. So there are no, there's no magic. There's no spiritual wells to tap into. Or maybe they're at such a different frequency that I don't even sense that they're there.
0: Right. Like you're, you know, like it's kind of like, when you feel your way through life as an intuitive being, you know you're around the wrong people or the wrong place by the gut, by your feeling in your stomach, by the tastes in your mouth, by the smells around you. And it's like when you're in the wrong place physically, you know because the magic isn't happening, because death is all around you, because things I've literally lost my sense of smell and it's never come back. Like um that's a covid symptom. Well, I had I'm sure I had covid because I took care of my partner who had COVID. And I talked to another gentleman who had COVID and he said his sense of smell has barely come back too. And he taught me how to nose train. So now I'm in nose training to get my sense of smell back. Oh my God. Very real thing. I also have not been breathing the same as I did before pre COVID. And so these are things that are scary because nobody really talks about it. Like, yeah, you, you survived, you're fine. But what if my lung capacity is like 50% for the rest of my life and I can't quite Or that or
1: cognitive decline they've seen long-term heart problems it hits people differently i do have to get going on my day so this is going to be the end for now we will talk to you again very soon